So I've just hit the record on our website audio to say good morning to everyone listening to this on the website. This is our November 29th Facebook Live service. And just to say hello to a few of you that have come on. Good morning, Ruby. Good morning, Bruce. Um, good morning, Rod. There we are. Good morning, Christina Banks. Good morning, Doris Spittler. Good morning, Vanessa. I'm trying to watch our video here on Facebook. There we go. Doris, Christina, Bruce, Ruby, Pam. Good morning, Pam. Again, is your uh, for those of you that are just coming on, we've asked everyone to put um, your three words in there. Feel free to share who is with you this morning. Um, and we're taking a vote this morning. We are going to determine this morning what um, the best color Christmas lights are. We're going to determine whether it's red, whether it's white, whether it's green, whether it is blue, um, red, white, blue, green, or your fifth option, you only get five options, is multicolor. So you can't put a combination of red and green or red and blue. It's got to be one of those five options. It's a very important decision. Um, today, Pam Cunningham is going to... Um, see, Donna, you can't do that. You can't put clear in there. That wasn't one of the choices. It's got to be one of the five choices. And good morning, Donna, as well. Um, but you can do one of those five uh, choices, and we will determine... Pam's going to count the votes this morning, and we're going to determine what uh, the best color Christmas lights are. Good morning, Jill. Hope you caught all that again as you're coming on before uh, 10.30 this morning. Put your three words in there. Um, share who's with you. Uh, you can get to your joys and concerns because we'll get to those pretty quickly this morning. And uh, you can put what your favorite color Christmas lights are. Uh, you can put red, white, blue, green, or multicolor. No other options. You can't put any others. Good morning, Mandy. Good morning, Putt. Uh, good, so good to see all of you with us this morning. Bingo is out in the parking lot with us this morning. Um, so he is, is joining us uh, today. And I just saw Bruce wishing Pam a happy birthday tomorrow. And I tried to keep up with all the birthdays. And I know there's somebody that has a birthday today. Um, I think it might be I know Wilson Spittler's coming up, so if, if anybody gets that, it might be Wilson, the one and only Wilson Spittler has a birthday today. If anybody can confirm that or not confirm that, let me know. And um, I know somebody's got a birthday today, uh, and if you can help me remember who it was, that would be great. So uh, as I said, Bingo's out in the parking lot. Good good morning to, uh, to you, Bingo. And if anybody else has come uh, this morning, uh, just stick around. I'm going to come out and say hello to you right after service ends. Um, and, uh, so please stick around this morning so, uh, so we can connect, uh, for just a few moments today. Well, it is time. It is 1030 and I will say one last time, uh, to those of you that are coming on, um, for, for service this morning. We thank you for being with us. Go ahead and, and share your, your three words, um, who's with you this morning. And we're taking a vote that we're going to get the count on in just a few moments on what the best color Christmas lights are. Um, you could choose red, you could choose white, you could choose green, uh, you could choose blue, you could choose multicolor. 
Um, but those are your five choices. So Pam is going to help us log and determine, according to West Alexandria Church of Brethren, what the best color of Christmas lights are. And again, of course, feel free to put your joys and concerns in there as well. Um, we'll get to those in just a few moments. And so the first announcement today. Um, we uh, obviously are not here uh, live for service today. Um, it, we will be, again, at this point, we are still week to week with the church board taking votes. Um, and so at this point, we plan to do that again for service next week. So ooh, that's, um, you know, 12 people, 12 to 13 people, well, 14, including myself and our congregation that we're kind of getting some feedback from. We would really value your input as well um, as far as how we should approach uh, services at this time of year. I say this time of year meaning two things. One, it is, uh, it, it, COVID is, is basically hitting our area the hardest it has been really throughout this pandemic. Uh, but on the other side of things, it is um, Christmas season. And I know uh, that there are many of you that, that want to have the option to, to come to church as well during this Christmas season. And so we appreciate, the, especially those of you that are not on the board, our church board, um, we would appreciate your input. You could just shoot me an email, um, give me a call, uh, what, even shoot me a text, whatever, just to let us know your thoughts on this season, how we, we should be, how you could uh, help us to consider how we approach um, this season right now. And so we appreciate your input as we're going to continue to make decisions from week to week at this point. Um, so you would, you'd, uh, Pam did a good job of posting this week. Of course, we are not going to be having our uh, monthly community meal. So it would have been uh, December 2nd, this Wednesday, December 2nd. Uh, we have um, canceled that community meal for this month in, in hopes that, that we can have that, uh, that meal next Sunday, or excuse me, next month. Um, as well. So no, no community meal this week. Um, a few of you have asked about checks and, um, you know, you can go ahead and mail those, um, to PO box one, two, three. Yes, it's that easy. PO box one, two, three, uh, West Alexandria, Ohio, four, five, uh, three, eight, one. Um, that is, if you are wanting to give uh, through the mail, that is the, the option at this point that we have, um, for those of you that would like to give. Um, a few of you have uh, connected with my, my wife, Mandy, about the Adopt-A-Family. Um, we are going to continue to, uh, to take your, uh, your gifts for that, uh, to receive your gifts for that specifically. Um, we we're really, we do prefer uh, this year because we don't have a tree here that you can be grabbing um, our, you know, our specified gifts off of. Um, cash makes it a lot easier this year. And so uh, if you would like to give a gift, um, please contact Mandy. Um, she, in the, in the previous one call, we, we gave you her phone number and her email. If you would be in need of that contact, you can contact me, and we'll see if we can get you that information. Um, if you're not able to give uh, cash uh, we, and you want to ask, you want to give a gift, we will give you a gift. It, we won't really be able to, you won't really be able to pick and choose as much as just say, here's what we need. And, if you could purchase these things, that would be great. So we are still going to do our Adopt-A-Family. We've got all of that lined up. Um, I did not write the date down. Um, I know, Mandy, you're watching. Uh, why don't you go ahead and post that date in there, the deadline date for the 
uh, adopt a family gifts. I believe it may have been December 20th uh, is the is the deadline. So forgot to write that down this morning. So if you could put that in, we would uh, really, really appreciate that. All right. So I saw a few other people come on as we were sharing. Good morning, Cheryl. Thank you for, for joining us this morning. Um, if you uh, now, Pam, if you don't mind, go ahead and tally up those votes so we can now determine what is uh, our votes for the best color Christmas lights uh, here at WACOB. Pam's going to go ahead and tally up those votes and tell us what our best, what the best color Christmas lights are this morning. And while she is doing that, we will get to the, the tally of those lights um, when we're done. I'm going to go ahead now and take a look at all, go through and find your joys and concerns that you have been uh, giving us this morning. Um, I see Rod had shared uh, uh, Eric Brown. Um, he is in Kentucky, and he has now been, uh, he has now been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. So a nephew in Kentucky uh, that has COVID-19. Um, going back. Ava's birthday. I knew somebody had a birthday today. I just couldn't remember who it was. Happy birthday, Ava Spalding. She is 13 years old today. So today is Ava's birthday. This is it, Ava. This is your 13th birthday. You, you are now officially a teenager. And so, uh. Uh, Mom and and, and Grandma, I know that 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 means a lot to you as well. So I pray you embrace this moment. You still have many years ahead and uh, and, uh, know that uh, uh, the Lord is with you and he has your destiny in the palm of his hand. So bless you today, Ava. Happy birthday to you, um, this new 13-year-old. And again, Pam's birthday is tomorrow. Um, Just looking through here for a few more prayer requests again we got the one from rod and i don't see so yeah christina banks is asking for continued prayer for her uh, parents jim and ann banks and don't see any more so uh please Put in your uh, joys and concerns. I was talking to Pam this morning, and she's helping me with some of these logs. We do have about, I would say, at least a 30-second lag from when you enter something to where I actually can see it. So that's why it takes a little while. Um, Cheryl's asking for prayer for Katie Garrett. Um, Katie has uh, tested positive for COVID. So let's, um, let's remember Katie Garrett in our prayers as well this morning. All right, and uh, wait um, just one more moment for any other uh, prayer requests to come in and go ahead and give the official announcement. I know that many of you are anxious to know what is the best color Christmas lights according to West Alexandria Church of the Brethren, and the answer is multicolored lights. So we want to congratulate multicolored lights um, for being the best color Christmas lights. And so if you're, if you're having trouble making a decision, whether you should put multicolored lights, whether you should put plain white lights on your house, 
hopefully this morning we have helped you make that decision and you can get to putting your Christmas lights up if you haven't done that yet. So go ahead. Don't be ashamed. Go with multicolored Christmas lights. It's everybody's favorite. All right, so let's go um, with all of these requests in mind. Let's now go to the Lord in prayer. Well, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we can have together. It is a unique day that we live in when we are told at times that it may be best for us to keep our distance, but we also have uh, opportunities where we can be together through this experience. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we long for your discernment as we make decisions together in this holiday season, as we continue to be of, of, uh, of one body and one accord as the body of Christ. We want to be a witness to our community, uh, but we also want to be wise. And so, Lord, uh, we need your help. We need your help in making those decisions as we continue to make decisions week to week about whether we would open up our doors on Sunday morning. And there is this beautiful thing that happens in our congregation that comes right out of Matthew 18, where we learn to make decisions together. Uh, we learn to sense the will of God through community. And uh, so, Lord, I pray you would continue to help us make those decisions as we discern your will uh, for us week to week. And there are people around us, as we mentioned, Eric Brown and Katie Garrett, both have tested positive for COVID-19. Lord, I pray your hand would be upon them, your hand of protection and healing and recovery. And even in this season of, of quarantine and being separated, may it be a time of waiting, a time of, of drawing near to you and being reminded of who they are and what they were created for. May you do a new thing in their life in this season. What a great story we heard of a new thing that you did in, in Vanessa's life through this season of quarantine. And I pray that would be the testimony for Katie and for, and for Eric as well. Lord, today we, we, uh, we celebrate Ava Spalding, who's celebrating 13 years on this earth. And I pray her, her mom and her grandma and all of her family will be reminded that we, we, what a privilege we have of bringing young men and young women into this earth and that, that they are called to be raised by community, not just individuals. And so, Lord, we thank you for all of those that have come alongside her. And, Lord, may you go before her. And, uh, and this would be a year that she would draw nearer to you as you continue to reveal uh, your purpose and your divine plan for Ava. And, Lord, as, as Chris, Christina has asked for prayer for Jim and Ann, uh, Lord, I know she, she continues to, to, to love and to pray for her parents and long for their healing. And I know they're, they're anxious for some, some next steps and possibly some surgeries that they would have. Lord, I pray that your presence would be thick within them today. They would know that they are not alone, that you are the God. You are our Emmanuel, our God with us. And I pray that Jim and Ann would experience your presence and your power today. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, today... We pray the prayer in one accord that you taught us to pray as we pray this all throughout our Facebook Live service. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. Well, again, thank you for your prayers this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, um, uh, you know, 
when I do this, uh, when I do these uh, these Facebook live services, I'm always fearful that there's something I'm forgetting or announcement. Um, so if you know an announcement that just needs to be made, uh, feel free to to place that uh, announcement in there as well. And I just had uh, a, a late prayer request if we can keep in mind for uh, for Bruce Cunningham's friend Don Yount uh, passed away from from COVID. So let's continue to remember uh, Don Yount uh, in our prayers as well. Well, today. Ready or not, you see we got the Christmas tree. Yes, we have put up Christmas decorations here at church. And, you know, not knowing how things are going to transpire this next month, um, we are optimistic. But today is the first Sunday in Advent. And on the first Sunday in Advent, we light the candle of hope. And today, that's exactly what we're going to spend some time talking about is today is our first message of this new series we've been talking about and we've been getting your help with called True Christmas Stories. And today's is going to be True Christmas Stories of Faith and Hope. True Christmas Stories of Faith and Hope. And so we have got quite a bit of help for this one. And each week we'll be sharing about three or four different stories um, uh, that uh, have come directly from you, true Christmas stories that have come directly from you, as well as uh, true Christmas stories within the scriptures. And so even as we begin, as we've lit the first candle uh, of Advent, um, let's begin before as we open up the Lord's word, let's begin with a word of prayer. Well, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these moments that we can have together and, and allow the word of God that, that has been passed on from generation to generation to speak to us in this moment. And may our hearts be soft and open and ready to receive what your spirit is speaking to us in such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, is, we're, we're entitled today's message is a tr- uh, True Stories of Faith and Hope. And uh, if you have your Bible, um, you can go ahead and go to Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. Um, we're going to kind of be all over the place this morning in different, in different texts, but that'll nonetheless be a pretty good base text for us. But you read in Hebrews 11.1 1, this idea that faith, and this is in the New International Version, the, the newer version, I guess I should say, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So we actually see the word hope in there describing faith. So hope and faith are both very similar. Hope is to want something to happen or to be true. Faith is to be is being sure that it is, being sure that something that you don't see is true. So it's pretty easy to say that in the context of Christmas and and the Messiah that was to come, the, the faith that many people uh, that awaited the coming of Christ, they had faith that the Messiah was coming but that they had hope that faith would come in their lifetime. Now, there's a little girl in our church named Pam, and she was certain that she, when she looked out one morning and saw tracks in the snow in her front yard on Christmas morning, She knew for sure what those tracks were. So being sure of what she hoped for and certain 
of what she did not see, she knew that those were reindeer tracks. And still, to this day, Pam Cunningham is absolutely certain of what she saw. Now, you may also, now many of you do not know this, many of you, this is going to be the first time that you've heard this, but as an eight-year-old child, a long-time member of our congregation was one of the only ones to ever see Rudolph's nose. And I've, I've been really surprised because this person has been real humble about this and he's not shared it with many people. Um, he's chosen not to receive any media or national notoriety for this encounter. But when given the opportunity, as we had we, been asking for your own Christmas stories, when being given the opportunity to tell a Christmas story, we got to hear how Colonel Rodney Shockey, at eight years old, was one of the only kids that was able to catch Rudolph's nose in a distance. And he may have not have only seen the whole sleigh or Santa himself, but nonetheless, he was sure of what he hoped for and certain of what he did not see. He was certain that he saw Rudolph's nose, but, but what he didn't see was all the other reindeer and Santa himself. But nonetheless, he knew that that was it. And just right here in our church, this guy, Colonel Rodney Shockey, was the only one, one of the only ones ever to see Rudolph's nose as an eight-year-old child. Now, this is the kind of faith and hope that many of you have experienced, if you can remember your, your, your days as a child and your anticipation, your expectation of Christmas. But there is a, this idea of hope that we light the, the, the Advent candle for goes a lot uh, deeper, a lot deeper than, than awaiting a, a Christmas moment that we'd experience. It's very similar, but nonetheless, there was a, a longing, a burden, a, um, a yearning for, for something to change. And so maybe you've heard some, of some of these uh, prophecies. We, we often share them at Christmas time, and you've heard them before. It says, Isaiah 40, verses 35, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God, that every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Zechariah 9, 9-10 says, The coming of Zion's king, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious and lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foil of a donkey. And it will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem. And the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. These are just a few prophecies that those in the Old Testament were waiting for. They were waiting for these things to be fulfilled. And I could go through um, many more what we call messianic prophecies, a prophecy about someone who was to come. 
And they had lots of ideas about who this someone who was to come was. They, they believed that someone was going to come that was going to regather all the exiles. That someone was going to come to put an end to sin. Someone was going to come to bring about throughout the whole world the full acknowledgement of God and who God was. That all would see and all would know um, who the living God is. That someone would come to resurrect the dead. That someone would come who everyone would worship. And it's in one of the prophecies we just read that someone would come to bring about universal peace. Someone would be the deliverer. And someone would come that would be the, their true king. So I'm, I believe you've heard of these ideas before. And this understanding of this, they call this the messianic expectation. It's really what we remember at Christmas is this is some, one of the songs that I posted online there, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. There's this yearning for, for this burden that, we experience, that was experienced in the Old Testament for the, their king to come, their deliverer to come, the, the peacemaker to come, the, the, the one that would resurrect the dead to come. They were yearning for this fulfillment to finally happen. And, you know, we read about this as well in, in the book of Hebrews. And is even later in that chapter that I just shared and it, that says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There's what's later called in, in, in Hebrews 11 called the Hebrews Hall of Faith. When we read about guys like Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham and Jacob and Moses and, and others as well. It says that, here's what it says in, in Hebrews 11, 39 through 40. It says that they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. And since God had planned something better for for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Huh. They, They were commended for their waiting. They were commended for their believing in something, for their faith, for their hope, for believing in something that they, they would not receive. And then what, what the author of Hebrews is saying is it was ultimately fulfilled in the next generations. And so they were commended that this hope that they had was passed on from generation to generation. And so you, you almost, you have to just, I know this, this might sound like a weighty, you know, lofty kind of concept, but you have to gather with me that these guys were commended for, for waiting, for believing in something that they couldn't see, for waiting for something that they were promised only to one day to recognize that this thing that was promised wasn't just going to, wasn't actually going to happen in your lifetime. It was going to happen through your seed. It was going to happen in the next generation. And that's how the author would say we are all a part of this universal hope of the coming Messiah. You have to just capture that burden in the Old Testament of how God spoke to people that there was just this always this yearning for something better, something, someone that was coming that was going to bring about change, the change that they had always longed for. Now, so, you know, COVID has taught us a little bit about what it's like to wait. For some of us, it is. It's, it's just simply waiting until all of this is over. But this application of waiting 
you know, we hear all these stories, so what's the application for it here for us today? See, the application of waiting is often not what you want the application to be. Let me say that again. The application of a season of waiting when it comes to, as, as, as was read in, in Scripture in, in, in Hebrews 11, that they were waiting for something they ultimately did not receive in their lifetime. I bet you if you told them midway through that this probably wasn't going to happen in their lifetime, they would have been incredibly discouraged. And so this application of waiting, man or woman of God, what you, is, isn't often the application that you'd hope for. What I'm trying to say is that maybe what you're waiting for, maybe what you're really waiting for, even in this COVID season, isn't something you will ever receive in your lifetime. Let me ask you some big questions. Can you come to terms with the reality that you don't need what you're waiting for as bad as you think you do? That maybe that if you got what you're waiting for, then it could possibly ruin everything. That maybe you, when, you're, when you're wanting, even in this COVID season, to get things back to normal, that maybe the Lord is trying to show us like even he was showing the world when he came as a child onto this earth, that the, he doesn't want you to go back to your own normal. He wants you to go back to a new normal, the normal that he created you for, the type of life that you were called to today. Maybe what you are waiting for is the will of the Lord. And that perhaps that what is best, uh, that, that has this, the eternal value, is, is better to be prayerfully received by you and passed on to the next generation. See, we often talk about leaving a physical inheritance, but the Bible is about leaving a spiritual inheritance. See, for some of us, waiting is just, is just waiting and slowing down. Like the story that Vanessa shared that some powerful things happen when she learned just to slow down and let the Lord speak to her. But for others, I saw Dean on here a little bit ago. I don't know if he's, he's still on, but, but for others like Leanne Stiver right now, uh, you know, I'm sure she's waiting for COVID to be over, but there's no waiting about it for her. She's, she's working overtime pretty much every day at Reed Hospital, being pulled off as a wound nurse to now basically be a general nurse and day to day working extra hours dealing with the, the, um, with the, the many COVID clients that are now happening in Reed. We, we talked about this happening in the past, but it's never really happened like it's had in these moments. And so, but, but you can imagine, Leanna, we just want to say thank you uh, for being a frontline worker for us in this season. And I say us for all of us as, as humankind and everyone in this area who is, who is, come to appreciate people like you and the work that you are doing in this season. But I can imagine that as the work that she does is probably exhausting, that at times it may also be invigorating. Be reminded that, that what you're doing has a purpose and that you are truly bringing life and, and healing to many others. And so for some of us, there's a waiting for this season to be over, but in this season, like the season she's in, she may be making some of the greatest impacts she's ever made in her life. And I know that she has a story to tell and everywhere that she goes as well. And so thank you uh, for, for your service and for, for what you're doing in this season. And so the true story of Christmas is the fulfillment of hope.
It's Father God, after hearing and, and this burden of waiting and hoping, many people having to hope that it would happen in their generation, that someone's coming to regather the exiles, someone's coming who we're all going to worship, someone's coming going to put it into, into sin. The whole yearning and hope of the Old Testament is that one day someone is going to come and put an end to this. And after generation and generation and generation, it didn't happen. And, and cr- the true story of Christmas is Father God seated on the throne saying, I have waited long enough. Creation has waited long enough. And now I am sending my son. And this reminds me of one more true Christmas story from our congregation. There was a little girl in our church who really wanted a racetrack for Christmas. She waited and reminded Santa and her family that time and time again that a racetrack is what she wanted. And she waited and she waited for Christmas Day. And then Christmas Eve... She looked out under the tree and saw her racetrack. But in all the excitement, there was a problem with this racetrack, according to young Cheryl Casey Oliver. This racetrack needed to be put together before she could play with it. The other problem was that it was 3 o'clock in the morning. But for Cheryl, 3 o'clock in the morning was really not a problem. So she began attempting to wake her brother up, but he did not seem as passionate about the gift that, he, that had been given to her. So she went to her mom, and her mom told her to tell her brother to get up and help young Cheryl put her racetrack together. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, her brother got up and began putting Cheryl's racetrack together on Christmas Eve. Which, this, this story actually reminds us a lot about that passage that we read in Isaiah 43 through 5. It said, a voice of one calling in the wilderness says, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway before our, for our God. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places plain and the, the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. But you know what? In Matthew 3, 3, Jesus referenced even from John the Baptist when he said, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. In other words, like Cheryl did, make straight tracks for him. See, after all of this waiting, In the Old Testament, the Lord finally comes in an hour and in a way that nobody is ready for. But nonetheless, he came as a child at the right time and he calls and commissions us today to make tracks for him, to make straight paths for him. And just as Mary and Joseph prepared the way for the first coming and some of the first disciples did, we must prepare to continue to build tracks for him and prepare as well for the second coming. Now, I posted some, I posted some uh, uh, videos, some songs for you. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of getting on this um, Maverick City music uh, fix right now where I just uh, I keep f- 
fallen in love with a diff- every different worship video that they put up there. So I got another song for you. You can see there's this anticipation that they had in the, the Old Testament for the first coming of Christ. And they didn't know about two, two comings. I've, we've talked about that in church there. They had this messianic expectation that he would come with the government on their shoulders. But just as they had expectation for the first, we know now that there's going to be a second and there's a song that I posted there uh, on your was, was one of your videos that that talks about um, the the, uh, the the waiting, the yearning, the getting ready for this coming of Christ that we still must hear even in this season on, uh, as we anticipate Christmas on this first Sunday of the Advent. And so here's just a few lyrics. And if you're going to listen to this video, by the way, it's like an 18 minute video. So you're just going to have to, to, to enjoy some time of worship as well as some other videos that we got on there about hope. But here's what it says. Here's what the lyric says. What an honor to be invited to the marriage of the lamb to come and worship him. Celebration It's the joining of the bride and the son, the two becoming one. All the prophecies fulfilled in a, in a moment. So we sing. Like the roar of many waters, that's what it sounds like when the, when, the, when the presence of the Lord returns. Like the sound of rolling thunder, hallelujah, give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb is coming. We're getting ready, we're getting ready. Filled with wonder as we behold the man with fire in his eyes, the very word of God. You are worthy, every kingdom, every nation bowing down, we crown you with many crowns. Every creed and tribe and tongue declaring in unity. And then it says, and the refrain, we'll shout to the whole world hears it. We'll sing to the whole world knows. King Jesus, he is faithful. He is the blessed hope. This is the hope that we are called to sing about today. This is the hope that we are called to testify about today. This is our waiting. This idea of, of watchfulness that now is the time to get to work and even in your season of waiting to put the tracks together and to prepare the way of the Lord. You, even in this season of waiting, we have work to do. This work may take place within our souls. This work may take place in our relationships this work may, may come when we take a step back and think about all the things even that we can't have right now that we cling so tight to and imagine even what a life could look like without those things and imagine if maybe the priorities that we've set are really just our own ambitions and the things that our culture has told us and taught us that we need. But Lord, what is it that we are really here for? What is it that we really need? This is the call of hope. In this holiday season, the true story of Christmas hope. So today, I want to pray for you before we conclude this service. I pray that you would, if you, maybe you remember some of your your childlike faith. You remember some of that hope and expectation that you had as a child for Christmas and what your anticipation was. And so with that childhood-like faith that you have, I want to give you this other expectation. As you waited for Christmas, I want to remind you that Jesus is coming back. And when Abraham was promised that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you a, a land and, and your descendants are going to be as, you know, uh, as, like the sand on the sea, 
Abraham probably felt as if he would begin to see a lot of that in his lifetime, but he did. But this whole eternal uh, thing that he passed on from generation, you and I are still Abraham's descendants. And so the Lord says to us today that I'm coming back. And your belief, your faith, your faith and hope in that truth, you believe that so firmly that it causes you to change the way you live right now is a testimony to every other generation that follows you. We are waiting for the coming of the Lord. And the Lord is calling us to live with this anticipation and excitement. I'm just going to pray for you this morning. Oh Lord, thank you for your word. And may everyone that is listening right now know that you have a divine plan for them. May you stir in their hearts with a new anticipation for the coming of Christ. To be reminded that as, as we've been waiting even through this COVID season for things to change or to things to get back to normal, may you take us back to the burden and the longing of the Old Testament. And be reminded of what it is that we have now. And also the commission that we have now to live the lives worthy of the calling that we have received. Times we think we're waiting for things to get back to normal, but Lord, you're saying, what are you waiting for? Start putting the tracks together now. It might be convenient. You might be a little tired. It might not have come at the hour that you expected. It might not even come in the way that you thought it would. But there is work to be done. It can begin in your soul. It can begin in your relationships. But prepare the way. Make the crooked paths straight. For your Lord is present. And your Lord, he is our Emmanuel. He is with us today. And he is coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. You got a few videos on there that I posted that you can spend some time with as we close today. Um, remember our announcements. If you'd like to give to Adopt a Family, uh, please contact Mandy Wright because she shared the date is December 20th. Um, and again, thank you so much for, for tuning in. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.